0: Hi, welcome back to MessCast. What a day it's been. It is currently Thursday the 15th. Um, My uncle's birthday is tomorrow. My nephew's birthday is the uh, day following that. He'll be, uh, not my uncle, but my nephew will be the broad old age of one, which is pretty exciting. Any any, Any today way... Uh, one of the reasons I'm recording is because I did have an uplifting day and I, I don't always like to just talk about my existential crisis and like how that's been going on for a long time. I'm sure people can relate and nobody ever gives feedback. I don't know who my listeners are. I don't, well, I do kind of know who they're, but not totally. Um, today was a really good and uplifting day. And it started with having plans. That's not to say that last night was easy to deal with. Because anytime I have plans, my brain and my body go into hyper overload. And even though I'm tired, my brain spins real hard. Kind of like that train behind me. And it's hard to focus on the act of sleeping. And I guess most people just fall asleep and I try and do that. And on any normal day, I, I guess I don't have a problem with it so much. But part of my day consisted of starting it uh, before 10 a.m. or later. I'm very much a night owl. And it meant meeting a new person, somebody I've only talked to on the phone Because I sought her out and she was willing enough to meet up with me for coffee and she likes to get her day started early. And what it reminded me of is how malleable I actually am. But also because I want to be on common ground with people and if they say earlier is better, I don't necessarily want them to have to augment their life toward mine I would rather accommodate them because they have more of a clue of what they're doing and what's going on than I have or had in quite some time. So I set my alarm for 7.30 in the morning, which usually if if I'm up that early or beyond that time early, it's because I'm up from the night before. Because I got caught into some creative thing and then, oh look, the sun's coming up. Um, so it made me have a concerted effort about trying to fall asleep. Still didn't go to bed until about 2 a.m., which I was so aware of the time and how much time I had left in bed that I was just like, okay, the alarm is set, the appointment or the meeting is at 8.30, you have to be there bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. I'm the type of person who likes to show up early. Uh, I was trained that way by my stepmom because she imparted the knowledge that nobody likes waiting on a person. It makes them feel insecure that maybe who they're going to meet is not going to show up. And nobody likes that feeling. She didn't say it in so many words, but the ethic really spoke to that with um, the way that I empathize or pick up uh, people's feelings. So, sure enough, like, I just wake out of my slumber at 7 o'clock when the alarm is set for 7.30. And I'm aware of what I have to do. Like, I wrote it on my wrist. I kept looking at it. I kept reminding myself. I was in an active, uh, very active mode of telling myself, I don't want to flake on this person that I don't know because flaking isn't necessarily my projective but it happens sometimes and usually it's almost like it's because I wish it so hard that other people will flake out that I don't have to but I didn't want that to happen I did want to have a sit down so I woke up a half hour before my alarm and I laid in this stasis for probably about 12 minutes which was You could try and fall back asleep now but what is the use you know that the alarm is going off in like 17 minutes now Um, how about you just face the fact that you know that you're gonna do this you don't it's more time than you actually need but it's enough time for you to group yourself and really figure out how you're gonna go into that interaction um and it was just a meeting at a local coffee shop but I haven't even actually been into a coffee shop in 2 years. So that was an anxiety that I had to face. Um I haven't been around a lot of people I don't know in quite some time. Um this was definitely a person that I listened to on the phone and, uh, feel just immediate respect for, for whatever reason. And I think it's, she's, she's carved her own path in her own way. And I admire that. And I feel like I don't necessarily want a life coach. Um, and that's not her gig, but I do want somebody that I can relate to that can help put a positive kind of trajectory toward my confusions and she's not much older than me she's she's only 46 I don't know why I expected her to be older somehow listening to her voiceover acting she can she's got range (laughs) she has range uh so like me I couldn't just sit around at home and wait too long. So I just decided, you know what, grab your notebook, go get a coffee, and wait. And sometimes this feels like a power position, but really it's just my anxiety that is like, I don't want to be late. I want to be here for you. I want to let you know that I am not just looking forward to this, but anticipating it in ways that are hard for me to actionably pretend to be held back about and so i had about a half hour and um <laughs> i don't i didn't expect her to be anything but on time but after i had sat there a bit and was sipping on my coffee i was kind of like okay um i'm just going to text her and tell her what colors i'm wearing and I was dressed like a bumblebee today, pretty much, yellow and black. And so I let her know through text that I would be in yellow and black and I would be easy to spot. And so many people walked through the door, not not a, like a ton of people, but various women of perhaps the age range walked through the door and I only kind of briefly looked at this woman's pictures and I was like oh no that's not her and then I was listening to the barista ask the names of people putting them on the cup and most of them looked like tourists uh not like somebody who was really comfortable with themselves and where they live and how they um dress themselves normally to go to this coffee shop early in the morning. But when she walked through the door, I was like, oh my gosh, she's so little and cute. Like a little pixie, but like a a farm pixie almost. I don't know. I think it was the Levi's. Uh, Just the style of Levi's were like, oh, I wish I could find those in my size. You cute little pixie. Very accommodating, personable woman and we sat and we talked about our lives and gave a little bit more insight about things where the reason i reached out to her was or is or was i don't know um because she teaches about voice over acting and that's something that i wouldn't mind getting into and she's teaching class for the community college about it and when I saw her contact or her name in the um brochure I was like, Well it says she's local. Why don't I just try and find this woman and reach out to her? So that's what I one of the things I did on Monday. And Monday for me was taking a couple steps in directions of things that have been weighing on me that I feel like I need to make momentum toward or with and see where it leads. So calling her, cold calling her, uh, was a little awkward in my opinion, but I felt the confidence to do it in the moment. So I went with it and we were on the phone for about 50 minutes. Sitting and talk- talking to her, she has a really good grasp, I think, on things that won't go over my head and that if I talk about certain things, they aren't going to go over her head. But it was not at all a discussion about business or the dynamics of that or whatever. Um, I'm really at a point in my life where I don't... It's a, It's a push-me-pull-you where... I don't necessarily want to capitalize on myself to make money. I don't want to be a brand. Madge Midgley is my creative voice. It's not me just going out and telling people my true name, my birth name. It is a character, essentially, that I created to allow my creative voice to speak above my birth thing. And I, I I don't know really how to make money because I've not ever been very much into capitalism. I've never been much into marketing, branding, or selling. And obviously the world is kind of asking you to do those things. In my acknowledgements the other day of wanting to be able to have certain things that are my own, I had to face this monetary aspect. And I I asked myself, like, well, if you were going to do anything that you like to do and actually capitalize on it, aka make money, what are you most willing to capitalize on? And I'd say, it's my voice. And some of you who continue to listen may totally love my voice. I had a situation in high school my senior year. It was a teacher I didn't like at first, but after the second year of having him, we I think we kind of grew on each other. We were just nerdy and bullheaded enough to kind of cohes. But he was doing some lesson in class And I just said out loud, I was like, Roberts, the way you're doing this sucks. I could do it better. And he's like, oh, you think you can? And I said, I know I can. Like, I don't know where that confidence (laughs) came from. But he was like, okay, then you take the podium and I'll sit at your desk and you finish this lesson. And I was like, right on. So... That's what we did. We exchanged places and I went up there and when I get into stuff, because I feel like he was giving us information. I believe it was a English like literature class that I just have way more animation involved, which even when kids are high school students, they still really enjoy animation. They enjoy kind of bombastic stuff that can bring them in. And I've never had a problem with how I can conduct my voice or project it or augment it, although I'm out of accents. I haven't been doing those in a long time. When I was done with the presentation for that class, he not only clapped but said, you know, If you were to read books on tape, I would definitely listen to them. And that to me was a huge compliment. I have had, um, from a new age chakra standpoint, blockages in my throat chakra for a very long time. And I haven't really known how to use my voice effectively and efficiently and for the well-being of all mankind kind of thing. So um, after I talked to this woman on the phone, I sent her my TEDx talk, which still lowest viewed ever, not over 300 views, and it's almost four years later people aren't listening to what I'm saying there and some things are cut out that because of my own fallibility uh, had to be cut out. Um, But overall it is cohesive and it, it does make a point, but it's not as interesting or impactful in a sense of topics that people are looking for to resonate with. And if you're not familiar with it, Essentially, I talk about coming home to my hometown, my home state, after 13 years away to take care of my grandma, and people don't necessarily want to hear about geriatric care and whatever that is, but I really did try and make the presentation relatable and somewhat funny and insightful. Anyway, she listened to that today and responded by text by telling me that it that it was a pleasure to meet me and that she watched it and she resonated with those things and she believed in my voice and maybe that's all I've needed a little bit more of uh, to push forward and to figure out how I can use it not only for good or, or insight or humor but also the bills don't pay themselves, and honestly, I don't have bills right now. I, you, you might get sick at hearing this from anyone or me, but I don't have debt. I've made a lot of interesting and dynamic moves in my adulthood and how I choose to live to not have debt, but it's reaching the point where you know, I don't always want to have to rely on other people to take care of me because at 40 that's a little ridiculous and it's not just that other people are taking care of me because that's like discounting the fact of how much I've been a caregiver in my life but I don't want to do that stuff anymore do you understand? I, I don't want to spend the rest of my life bleeding myself emotionally dry bleeding myself out of being social and feeling restricted in order to care for other people that there needs to be some sort of balance that comes out of that and money hasn't been any of what the balance has given me I've, I've been running on fumes for a very long time and I don't have a lot now So this is why I want my ability to speak and to be able to record and be able to put it out there to be able to make me income. And if you're interested in it, that's just provoking me more to get into my perfectionist mind, which I definitely have, to make it better, clearer, and more approachable in whatever way that that means. One of the ways that this has come up idea-wise is that uh, because I've been a caregiver for so long and in so many various situations of care, that I do have a lot of insight and knowing about it. And I actually have another friend who kind of brought this up a couple of years ago and was like, I think you could do like webinars or some sort of class or... Um, You could even make a workbook and it just seemed way too overwhelming with not enough support, but a great idea. And now that idea is recirculating, resurfacing through someone else, which is uh, further reinforcing the potency that it might have. And... Uh, It may be healing for me as well because I really have not worked through the whole grandma situation. I haven't um, spent much time doing any sort of healing or um, reconciliation. You know, I'm having a lot of dreams almost nightly about my grandparents in various states of uh, like my awareness where I'm like, uh, I know y'all died. But you're in my dream and you're walking around and like grandpa shouldn't have been driving a long time ago. Why is he driving the car? Why is my grandma sleeping on the floor? Why am I doing this? What is going on? Uh, One of the reasons I've had a hard time writing about my life is because I was afraid that I was going to piss people off that I'm related to because of the things that I'd have to say. And they've, what's left is pretty much disowned me. I have my cousin left on my mother's side and the two remaining uncles have said, well, one said to my face, I'm unfriending you in real life, go live it and don't contact me. The other one just treated me like a ghost for the last 10 years anyway, so it wasn't a I guess it wasn't like a big deal, but maybe now is the time that the story is going to come out. And maybe now is the time that it's not about necessarily writing the story about the people in my family and calling them out in that way. Maybe that can come later, but it is about talking about the dynamics and experiences of family and caretaking in general because even though taking care of my grandma was my most recent foray in caretaking i was a nanny i was a farmhand i was a house sitter i was a dog sitter Uh, i've done a bunch of different things that require care and require acknowledging certain dynamics that happen in certain situations and I think that a lot of people can relate to that right now because the world has changed in significant ways where, uh, for instance, with the last year with COVID, people were separated from elderly family members or sick family members or having limited visitation to them because of the, the practices in place, which... Um, COVID was fairly new when my grandma started to hit the real hard decline, or decline, rather. Um, and she knew she wanted to stay at home. She didn't want to be put in a care facility. And, you know, every time she had to go to the hospital was hard so one of the agreements that we made in that situation was we're going to do everything in our power to be able to keep her where she's comfortable. And that was at home and she made it to her very last minute in her own bed with the two people who cared for her most who are still alive, I guess, or like active in her care around her. And, so, I think people now are whether or not they've heard my talk or why it would be good to do these things, they are going back to their own homes. And those who have the caregiving gene are switched on and doing that stuff. But there are a lot of aspects to it that people don't talk about that just they deal with silently until they break or you know reach that breaking point. And then, you know, varied reactions from people on the outskirts on what that is. I can talk about that. I can talk about that probably ad nauseum for quite a while because of how much time I've spent seeing dynamics and feeling my own feelings that I felt like I couldn't really express outwardly either. And I want to say a large thank you to April Hughes and whoever else was on the TEDx board for even giving me an opportunity to take the stage in my own hometown with my own material, speaking my own truth about a situation that was super uncomfortable. And it was um, a frightening thrill, you might say, because I had done plays on that stage in front of my family. And one was kind of even a little risque. And I didn't feel the amount of stage fright, not even, it wasn't even stage fright, because I felt like I had it down. It was the minute that I saw their faces, knowing that what I was going to say was so real. It wasn't just a script. I wasn't separated from myself in a character doing this, um, entertaining thing. I fully in a weird way stepped into myself on that stage doing that work with my own writing and so honestly if I'm on a stage again I hope to only be performing my own writing which is something I haven't talked about a lot but has been at the back of my mind and was kind of a commitment that I made to myself quite a while ago um, so yeah there starting my day with this person and this conversation gave me a lot of levity and I went on into my day I was like okay well this meeting is over now at 9 30 what am I gonna do well my sister has four kids they're always up around seven or something they're they've already been up I'm like oh go over there go over there she's like oh well you know um mom's gonna watch the kids and I'm gonna go to the store get some birthday things and how about you come back around one and I, I was like gosh it's it's only like ten thirty. that's so long to wait and like part of me want to just go back to bed <clears throat> but I thought about what the lady I met today I don't know if I should tell her name or not I need her permission first I think um she's like, yeah, just make sure you keep taking those baby steps out more and more and like reassociate yourself with life. And so I ended up going to a park on the North side, which was my most familiar park in my youth. And the park is not only familiar for my youth because that's where we went most often. It was closest, but I worked at the swimming pool that is in the park. I worked at the lake uh, renting out paddle boats and being a lifeguard at that lake. And there are two trees planted right in front of the amphitheater. Oh my gosh am I getting a new dream right now? Um, right in front of the amphitheater that they built a, f- a few years ago and it's beautiful. It used to be like a submerged place where whenever the ice settled people would skate on it but my mother has a memorial tree a crab apple overlooking this area and my brother has a pine tree that is planted overlooking that area and so I have a lot of connection to that park some of my earliest pictures of playing around as a small child are in that park so Not having been there in quite some time, I went to the park with my dog and I couldn't find my mom's plaque because it's been submerged into the ground. But my brother sits up and I was able to see that. And I spent a little bit of time there and then I walked my dog around and I talked to this guy, Mike. I thought his name was Rudy because he looks like a guy that I met years ago, but I know his name is Mike and he used to work at the post office. That's how, how he reminded me. He's like, Oh no, you're close. But no, that's not my name. He's like, you might know me cause I used to work at the post office. And I was like, Oh yeah, that's who you are. And he, <clears throat> he's like heavy, heavy Christian. Um, he would always ask how your day was and then like ask you if you knew Jesus kind of thing. Uh, but he wanted to talk to my dog and me. And so there was like a lot of power, I feel like, in the walk. And then I went home <clears throat> just trying to like, I don't know, waste more time until it was one o'clock. But I texted my dad and I said, I think that mom's plaque um, is buried by the trees. Like, yeah, it's, I think it sunk. And so then that was that. And then he was like, you should come over here and watch some videos with me about the bus bus renovations. And my stepmom was at my sister's place watching the kids while she was at Walmart. So I was like, ah, I got nothing else to do. It's like, you know, a 10 minute drive. I go out there and we watch some videos and we talk about some things and... I see that he understands and comprehends that I have a hard time asking for help, so he's offering it in a way that can be really useful for me. Um, And that was great. And so I spent a couple hours there, which was kind of longer than I expected, maybe. And then I went over to my sister's place and hung out with her and had some good talks with her. And... You know, played with the kids and let my dog run around. And that felt like a pretty good and fulfilling day. It felt like everybody who cared showed their care in the most beautiful and productive ways. And it didn't make anybody feel like an outsider. And I felt like an outsider a lot in my family. And my sister recently had an experience with one of her cousins from her side of the family and she had to go to a funeral and it made her feel like a big outsider and she appreciated kind of the dynamic of my mother's family where you know nobody made anybody feel like an outsider until other people made people feel like outsiders that they were very accommodating and loving and you know um, my sister is only my half sister but my mother's parents loved my dad they're gone they're all gone now loved my dad but they loved their daughter and they would <clears throat> they wanted to see my dad happy and they wanted to see <clears throat> their grandkids taken care of well and so when my little sister came into the program of life 10 years after me they didn't treat her any different and they didn't isolate or um, ostracize my stepmother, that they brought her in like family too. They let her feel like she belonged. And so essentially growing up, I had four sets of grandparents, I think. My stepmom's parents, my dad's mom, my mom's parents. And my dad's dad and his wife. So I feel like I got a lot of interesting influence and love from adults who had a choice to either be cool or be rude. And um, everybody was really quite loving overall. (sighs) So... That's a little bit about my positive day. And maybe it does matter getting up earlier. Maybe it does matter going to a, a coffee shop. I don't I don't really know. I, I don't know if I can make it a habit or what that is. But being shown that I'm still malleable and that I can get up if I need to, if I have something to look forward to, that that can progress into a really productive day even though I didn't like get my hands super dirty or I didn't build anything, I didn't necessarily write anything, I'm sitting here and I'm talking about it now. And I'm seeing how if I wanna capitalize on being able to sit here and talk about it now, it could be beneficial to you or someone you know or someone none of us have met yet. And I don't know if you know it, but I'm international musically. You know, people are listening to me in various ways. I'm not trying to be braggadocious. I'm trying to say that if you're going to make your own dream to do something, we'll maybe be more specific about it. And that's what I've been trying to hone in on. And if I have anything that I know is thus far renewable resource it's the connection between my brain and my voice and my heart and the interest that I have to interact with the world outside of me and around me like having the conversation with Jordan having conversations with various people do you want to hear it do you want to hear their hard stories do you want to hear their funny stories do you want to hear just banter? Well, I've got a banter channel. It's called Kitchen Counter. And it's nonsensical half the time. But here, I I want to find some fluid clarity with the engagement of humans. And really try and find the best in that and how we can help each other. So, that's my biff for tonight on MessCast. I feel less messy. And I hope tomorrow can be just as great. I've got other things I feel brewing uh, right on the sidelines. Probably need to do some follow-ups on that, which means I need votes of confidence just in myself to say, yeah, pick up the phone and follow up. Follow up. All right. Well, I enjoy the fact that y'all listen, whoever you are, I love you most definitely if you don't hate me. Um, I still probably love you on some level. I just don't throw me bad juju because I'm trying to work something good here. Uh, yeah. As always, like if you want to get in touch with me, you can email askmadge m-a-d-g-e at mail dot com. Ask me a question. Um, I think there's even a Q&A section here on Anchor that if you would like to ask a question, you could. And if you have the Anchor app, there are ways to contact me with just a voice recording, which means you could ask a question that way and I could feature it and answer it. And then it's like we're participating with each other. And that's another thing I'd really like here. I want engagement. I do want interaction with my audience. I want to... I want to hear what you have to say. All right. Well, it is late and I need to pee. So sleep well, have sweet dreams, and hit me up if you have the chance. Good night.